Roadman. In today's podcast, I want to talk to you about the hardest climbs in the world of cycling. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back, Roadman, to another Roadman Cycling Podcast. Yesterday, I spoke to you about Hugh Carty's amazing victory on one of the hardest climbs in the world, the Angra Lou. And during that podcast, I made a solemn vow to you, my listeners, that I would dig in, do some research, and find out the hardest climbs in the world. So, I have a list of the hardest climbs. But I decided to narrow it slightly and not go with the hardest climbs in the world. I decided to go with the hardest climbs in Europe. When I went digging, there's just some epic climbs that none of us have heard of. And some of them that don't have the same history because races don't go over them. So these are climbs that have history. They're all in Europe. And they're all either famous racing or training climbs in Europe. So it's a narrower criteria. But there's some crazy-ass climbs in Colombia. One of them's almost 80 kilometers. And then there's a crazy-ass climb in Taiwan that they use for the Taiwan KOM Challenge. And I'm sure people are going to message me and say, Ecuador has these crazy ones. Mount Baldy in uh, the US is a crazy hard climb. But these are European base climbs for the purpose of this. Maybe I'll expand it in a future edition if you guys are getting some value out of this. And I will add in some non-Euro climbs. Before I jump in and reveal these fabled climbs, let me give you a not-so-gentle nudge to head across to patreon.com forward slash Anthony underscore Walsh. The A1 show that we used to do, it's just, I've been getting a lot of memories on my phone. You know, like Google flicks up these, uh, you know, this is what you were doing four years ago type thing. And I've been getting a lot of them around the A1 show from years ago, three, four years ago. It was such a big show for us in A1 coaching before we moved the brand across to Roadman. And it seemed like everybody was watching it. We had hundreds, thousands of viewers every month on it. But it disappeared because we didn't make the right moves to make it financially sustainable. And at the time, I'm assuming everybody that watched it thought, this is going to be around forever. This is like GCN. But we never made that leap. And that's what I'm trying to do with Patreon. There's no sponsors on the podcast. It's entirely you guys So, you know, if you're going through COVID at the moment, you've lost your job, you're busted for cash, I've no expectation that you put yourself in the financial difficulty to support the podcast. But if you're not, and you can afford the price of a pint of beer once a month, please head on over to patreon.com and make a small donation to help the financial sustainability of the podcast. Okay, guys, so these aren't in any particular order, and I've got one, two, three, four, five, top five hardest climbs. I could give you a suggestion for a sixth, but I'm going to keep it at five. So in no particular order, we have yesterday's Angrelu, which we talked about. We had Hugh Carty winning yesterday. It's a 12.5 kilometer long climb. It averages 10.3% with pitches of up to 24%. We had some super winners, like we've uh, Roberto Herras has won on it, we've Jose Maria Jimenez, Chris Horner, and El Pistolero Alberto Contador. Hugh Carty recorded the sixth fastest ever time on it yesterday. It's it baited in history, and the Ancrelu is the Vuelta's answer to Mont Ventoux and Alpe d'Huez, which 
got such iconic status in the Tour de France. So the Vuelta really searched and they found this absolute wall of a climb and it's been amazing to watch. I really want to go and try and ride all five of these climbs in a single summer. That would just be a dream. They're phenomenal climbs. The next one I want to throw in, it's Mont Zoncalon, and anyone who's a fan of pro cycling, especially the Giro d'Italia, is going to know this one. It is a beast. Recent winners on it, like Chris Froome, it's 10 sorry it's 10.5 percent average gradient for 11.5 kilometers with pitches of up to 10.3 percent but this is where it really gets spicy the last eight kilometers of this climb now it's only it's only an 11 kilometer climb and the last eight are at 15 percent if you haven't ridden a 15 percent it's epically hard so 15 percent for 8k it's borderline banana stuff now i want to throw in a couple of curveballs because you know, this has been just straight up. Here's a percentage. Feels like we're in kind of uh, Mr. Marin's maths class back in the day. Shout out if you're still alive to my old maths teacher. My old maths teacher, Alfie Marin. A great man. I remember he got me up against the wall, grabbed me by the neck. And he said, I was playing for Bowes at the time. Uh, and I fancied myself as a bit of a soccer player. And we were got pushing pretty hard trying to win the All-Ireland. We actually ended up winning the All-Ireland that year. But I was, I think it was around quarter final time. And I was missing a lot of class because I was sneaking out early to go football training and things like that and he pinned me against the wall on a day I hadn't got my maths homework done and he's like where's your homework I was like I was training last night I didn't get it done and he's like I played senior football for Galway in my leaving search year and you know what I always had done me shagging maths homework and he gave me this was before the Roy Keane you know death stare he gave me a stare that said you miss your homework again I'm gonna punch your head through this wall uh, you know what? It was a valuable lesson. I never missed my homework again. So shout out to a great man, a great maths teacher. <laughs> that was a random segue. Uh, we're moving on to climb number three. Rockercoba. This is not a climb that we've raced up. This is not a climb that a lot of you guys will know. But it is one of the most iconic climbs in cycling. Girona has become a mecca for world cycling. Girona has become the place where most professional riders choose to base themselves, especially considering you can go to Monaco or Andorra, where some of the pros choose to go, and it's tax-free. Girona is still a taxable region, but yet most of the peloton are based there. Shows you the quality of the riding around there, and Rockercoba is the test climb. So before the Tour de France, before the Giro d'Italia, when riders want to know what form they have, they go to the Rockercoba. It's 13.8 kilometers long and it's an average of 6.5%. That doesn't really do justice to the severity of Rockercoba because there's some downhill pitches in it. There's max gradients of 15%. It's a dead end climb to an aerial mast and there's views out all across the Catalonian Girona region. It's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Crazy hard climb. Last time I was over there was. I've ridden this with two buddies in the last 12 months and two buddies at sort of different scales or different levels of the, the spectrum. One of them is uh, just getting into probably his first racing season next year. He's been a sportif guy, made massive progress over the last few years and he rode it and definitely found a challenge and at the end of a long, tough day where we had some impromptu gravel riding. And in previous to that, a couple of months before, I rode with a buddy of mine, Robert John McCarthy who was racing for Canyon DHB, Bloor Holmes at the time, uh, a continental level team, and he was super strong on it that day. 
and so i had the experience of dropping someone and being dropped on the climb recently but regardless of who you're with it's about that personal battle on a climb like this the pros all know their times there's some you know apparently Ryder Hedgedal is the fastest time I've seen uh, Dan Martin has some fast ones Bradley Wiggins posted some fast ones but it's one of those climbs you just need to go there and experience it because you just get a feeling when you're there and that's a perfect segue to the next to the next uh, climb which is Alp de Wes because I spoke about you just get a feeling when you're on Rockercoba. The feeling you get when you're on Rockercoba is you feel like you're in the presence of a Rhodes the pros have ridden a lot. Like Lance Armstrong famously based himself at Jerome and used this climb a lot. But when you get to Alp de Wes, you know you're at the mecca of world cycling. So Alp de Wes, the 21 Virage, 21 bends and it is ridiculous ridiculous it's just steeped in cycling history not the hardest climb in the world but it's absolutely steeped in cycling history we get about 1000 recreational riders per day during summer months attempt this you know what what could i call it only uh, a pilgrimage to the summit of alp Duez. it's the record up at is 37 minutes and 35 seconds by marco pantani Armstrong's the second slower in 2004. The first time I went there was one of my first years of cycling. I went over with a couple of buddies and we rode up the Wes and I we raced it all the way up and I just intensely remember the cramp that I had the last four or five kilometers. You get a slight break on each switchback. Each of the 21 switchbacks gives you a slight break and then there's a plaque on the corner to immortalize one of the legends that's won up up the Wes. So you're turning the corner and it's Armstrong. You turn the next one and it's Garant Thomas, it's Schleck, it's all the legends. But each corner becomes this little mini target where you just to get and I remember the first time just thinking, just don't get off your bike till the next one, don't get off your bike till the next one. And I literally done that for the last ten and made it to the top and it was a funeral for me all the way up. Ridiculously hard. I've gone back in really good shape the year I was out in France racing full time. I think I rode up in 45, 46 minutes, which was you know serious going considering it's 30 minutes faster probably than my first effort there and i've even gone back to Optoways as a spectator on the beer and that's great fun as well you know taking a stroll down to dutch corner and the madness that that involves and camping out the night before and you're knacker tired from dutch fans singing all night but then you're gonna drink in the middle of the day and you think you're not going to be one of those idiots running beside the riders but sometimes alcohol takes over and you are but if you're heading out to Optoways I want to let you in on a little very little known secret Optoways as much as it's steeped in cycling history and it's an absolute must ride what's a nicer climb in my opinion is the backside of Optoways it's called Col de Soren so it starts really close to Alpe d'Huez. Just Google it if you're from or you're living in the region or out riding in the region. Call the Soren. And it actually climbs higher than Alpe d'Huez and then descends into Alpe d'Huez. It doesn't have the infrastructure to support the Tour de France. I think we came down it a few years ago. But scenery is some of the nicest in the world. And it's probably my favorite climb in the world if I was pushed and I'd gone to the head. Favorite climb in the world. It's called the Soren, the backside of Alpe d'Huez. Uh, this list I just wish I could do them all and I think what am I on I'm on number four okay so number five I've only got one left but I have two to choose from so I'm gonna give a pass on Paso Mortarolo it's not making my top five but it is an iconic climb from the Giro I think it's like it's yeah it's about a 12 12% gradient if I remember and it's 
it, it's a it's about 12k long sorry a 10 percent gradient but i'm not going to get into martirolo but if there was a top six it would be martirolo just for the list and the iconic nature of it it's the joint of provence called the von so mont von it's been in the sort of france since i think famously uh it's famous the famous death of the english cyclist uh simpson on it and it's been a super you know revered climb ever since it is a whopping 21 kilometers long at 7.6 percent it pitches up to 12 percent in parts and we've had that you know remember that iconic moment of armstrong and pantani coming over the top of it together and armstrong gives pantani the gifts at the top lets him win the stage because armstrong's gonna win the overall and that just becomes this super you know controversial pantani used as a fuel that i don't need your charity i don't want your gifts that climb is absolutely immortalized in tour de france history i don't particularly like the climb it's the bottom of it you come through a forest and then after that it's like kind of riding on the moon and it's super windy and it's super long i don't love it but you have to have it in there so that's it the top five must ride hardest climbs in europe in no particular order they were Mont-Zonkelong, la angrelou vontu rockercoba and Alpe d'Huez. folks this has been another roadman cycling podcast now the challenge is set for somebody to ride all five of those iconic climbs as soon as covid lifts i'm gonna try and be the first to take up my own challenge roadman i'm gonna chat to you again tomorrow okay stop what you're doing it's anthony again i want to talk to you for one second about the next step in the roadman journey i'm laying down a challenge for you it's called the eight week challenge So for eight weeks, I'm challenging you to be the very best version of yourself, whatever that is. For eight weeks, I want to take you under my wing and I want to personally build for you a customized training plan on our analytics platform. This plan is going to be laser focused on your goal and I'm going to navigate around your life, your work, your social commitments. So don't worry about what your circumstances are right now. I remember after I took some time out of cycling, I went off and thought I was Billy Big Businessman. I came back and I realized I wanted to get into cycling, but I knew after a bit, the training alone, it actually wasn't making me any fitter. I needed an entire system. It needed a 360 overhaul. So for the first time ever, I want to share with you this exact system I used to get back in shape. I'm talking stuff like I'm going to give you my morning routines, the cold therapy I use, the cookbooks and recipes I used, and even the motivational audios I listen to to get back on track. So right now, what I want you to do is pause this audio, go to www.roadmancycling.com forward slash eight week, or check out the link in the bio, click that. So one more time, it's roadmancycling.com forward slash eight week. Chat to you all soon.